Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends and very distinguished listeners to Navigate with I.D. Such an honor and privilege to be with you today. I'm grateful to God for the gift of life and also grateful to God for your life too. Friends, it's been an interesting journey, you must say. But interesting in the sense that we've gone through a whole cycle of all types of stress. Stress to some, comfort to others, and to a larger part, absolute disbelief. But this is what it is. But the fortunate thing is that on this program, we started talking about developing a business strategy. And in the last episode, which was quite an incidental episode, where we talked about morphing a business strategy into execution and implementation. Today, I have a guest on the show, a very formidable guest, I must say. This individual I'm about to introduce to you is one woman of many parts. But before I let the cat out of the bag, I want you to sit, relax, and also join me as I introduce to some and present to others Benita Adelare, who is the general manager for Leventis Motors, a strong arm of AG Leventis. Benita, you're welcome to Navigate with ID. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Now, you know, I started by introducing you as a woman of many parts, and um, the listeners will be wondering why I said so. This woman walks in the midst of men. What do I mean? I'm sure she has like 98%, if not 99% of men in our own section or division. By the way, I believe she operates with over about four divisions. So, Benita, it would be nice for you to tell us a bit about your job role. I'm very interested because it seems you are you are swimming in the in a male-infested water, if there's a word like that. You're very right. Yes, I started my career in HR, but I was very close to the business, um, even as a HR professional. I worked very close to the operations team because, I mean, the job of any HR executive is to support the business. Um, so I was very close to the operations team to ensure that whatever they need in order to achieve the, you know, the objectives or the goals of the organization is achieved as it relates to people. Over time, that rubbed off uh, on me, so to say. Uh, in the it must sense have been that, positive. Yeah, it rubs off on me in a positive way because I got very involved in operations that, you know, I started giving opinions and suggestions of what I feel they should do or not do. But uh, as time went on, I also had, you know, some stints with logistics with a company that I think is one of the biggest in logistics and uh, supply chain uh, activities in Nigeria, GMT. So I was there for like okay. four years as, you know, a log- logistics professional. Then I left there and went back to HR. So I was in HR outside the country, worked with Deloitte, uh, came back, was still 
uh, in HR up until two years ago, from HR to uh, general management position as as the GM for Leventis Motors. And like you rightly said, 99% of my colleagues are, are male. That didn't determine anyway because I believe that you know I was raised to come to the table. If even if you're not given a chair, you bring your own chair. So you can't slack because you're you're a woman. You are not. That expected. must have been your father. Yes, I'm sure your my... father gave you that. That it must have been the one. Uh, yes, he did yeah, actually. Like, okay, I'm I'm he right. Did. He did actually because um, growing up there wasn't any role for a male child or a female child. Everybody did the same thing. So you see my brothers cooking, cleaning the house and getting everything sorted. Same thing with the females. You know, you you do all the things that a male child will do in the house. So that you affected change you the then or impacted yeah. you. Yes. Mm, you can change the bulbs and all of that. So um so basically we were raised as human beings first and foremost. Uh, before considering, you know, the gender. So that's, that's kind of, you know, never left me in the sense that I, I could work with whether you're female or male, doesn't matter. Let's just get the job done. So coming back to what I do with Leventis, I've been, I've been with Leventis for close to 10 years now in the capacity of a HR professional up until 2021. So currently I manage the Leventis uh, Motors Division. But this division have uh, four subdivisions. So this is the assembly plant in Monia Ibadan, then the spare parts division, yeah. um, then the, the fleet maintenance division, and the sales of the truck. So is is a complete package from the assembly mm. plant you move to you know um, uh, sales of the truck, Press. maintenance of yeah. the truck, and provision of spare parts for um, individuals that, you know, buy trucks from us. And also we have a haulage division. So we have close to 1,200 trucks per Nigeria moving goods for, you know, um, the cream le cream organization or blue chip organization as as we may call it. So uh, that also falls under my my purview because uh, the fleet maintenance division is also under the team work with me. So we support that um, haulage division for the company. You, That's basically yeah. my role. Interesting. Uh, the reason I actually went that way, I didn't even know that the breadth and the scope was that wide. And that's amazing because I wanted to say, how do you cope? I mean, it's a man's world, almost gender skewed. And here you have a woman stepping there as... Um, general manager to drive the entire business within your your motors uh, division but i would like to let me just uh, switch this conversation to a way that leads to the path of what we've been discussing uh i started sharing a bit of thoughts around developing a business strategy and in the penultimate edition i talked about forces that shape business strategy and i did say that to succeed a business's strategy needs to be relevant to its employees, shareholders, and customers, as well as increasing its profitability and value and meeting any other goals that may be set. And so to that extent, the strategy also needs to take account of present realities and future trends. Now, as a general manager, 
what do you uh, think about this statement I've made as my opening? And if you look at it, you know, how would you put strategy as a key determinant to success? I mean, I just want us, uh, the listeners, to be able to lean on your experience and um, tell us about what your thoughts are about developing a business strategy will be and what good looks like. Okay, fantastic. The statement you made uh, in the previous um, edition of the program is true because for you to have a strategy and you want that strategy to work, you need the people, you need the resources, you need the structure of the systems, and you must have the right culture. If you don't have all of this in place, then, I mean, you're already planning to fail. When you talk about um, the people, for example, if you want to take a new innovation to the market, so you're planning to do something totally different from what is uh, you know, currently in any space that you operate in, that strategy must consider the people. So do your people have the capacity to implement that strategy? So you can't want to be maybe new to markets. So you want to bring electric vehicles to Nigeria, for example. Do your people have the competences to implement something like that? It's something that is new to the market. That's mm. one. So competencies of your staff or your employees or your colleagues is very, very key in trying to, you know, put out any strategy at all. So people is very fundamental. Then number two is resources. Resources in the sense this, this is, you know, material and funds. This is very, very key. A new strategy to any business will cost you something. You are operating the manufacturing space. You are bringing in a new line. Maybe your old line is going off and you feel, okay, in order for us to meet the kind of budget we're looking at or meet you know, what is trending in the market, we need to change, bring a new line into, into your factory. So you have to have the necessary funds that is required to carry out that, right? If you don't have the funds, then you're just dreaming because, I mean, if the bank, you don't have the credibility to, you know, get the money from either the bank or your shareholders, or, you know, even if it's internally with, you know, your your market or your products or services, then you're just dreaming. You can't go ahead with that strategy. Then the third thing is your structure and systems. What kind of structure and systems you have in place? Let's talk about technology, for example. If you are operating in the technology space, or you want to go into the technology space. There are people that want to bring new ideas from outside the country, maybe something that has never worked here. I'll give you an example. There was a time an older colleague of mine was going to get uh, a, a contract from CBN. And uh, this was a facility-aided software that will capture all of the assets that CBN had, pan-Nigeria. And he invited me you know, to join him with this particular project. And we're working together. And we took, these are colleagues to, I mean, I'll say the clients now, not colleagues, um, to outside the country to witness how the Bank of England operates this software. And it was, it was mm. embarrassing to see. That that? These guys don't know how, <laughs> they don't, it, was, it was the most embarrassing thing in my life I could say at that point in time. So, I mean, if you don't have the structure of, you know, what you want to bring in or what you want to do or any strategy that you want to carry out, this, your systems cannot accommodate 
that particular, maybe you should start from looking at your system first to see if, okay, do I really have the structure and system to implement this particular strategy that I want to carry out? Then also mm. structure, you know, the external uh, environment can also affect you in implementing the strategy. When I say external environment now, the things that you need to carry out this strategy, are they in your current environment, oh. right? Or do you need to bring them in? If you need mm. to bring them in, do you have the resources? Do you have the capacity to do that? Like I was talking about, you know, electric cars, like you mentioned earlier. So you want to bring electric cars into the country. Do we have electricity to, to even power our houses, right? right. So mm. those are the things that you really, you know, have to uh, think through. The systems and structure that you have in place would help you determine if your strategy is going to work or not. Then the, the last thing I'll talk about is culture, right? So what kind of culture do you have in your organization? Do you have a culture where for one idea or innovation, you have to set up 15 committees to look at it. Do you have a culture where, do you have a culture where to get 5,000 out of your system, 10 people need to approve? The MD right? has to approve, <laughs> put, it, put it mildly. <laughs> so in that sense, right, if you want to implement a strategy, so these are the things that you need to think through before you bring this very, you know, uh, interesting or, you know, uh, uh, kind of strategy. So this is what we're doing. You have to do some sort of audit first to see if this will fly with your current organization or not. Mm. Then when you realize that it won't fly, then that means there's something wrong. You need to close those gaps in order for you to operate in that space that you believe that you can operate in. Yeah, fantastic. I, you know, given all that you've said, I truly align with it more so. The more you were talking about it, I looked at the journey, you know, that I've made in the course of my career and my life. And um, I realized that one of the companies I worked for, it was always a big issue when we talk about capability. I don't want to mention the name of the brand. The last edition, I gave all of them free ads and all of that. But now, you know, um, I have a guest and I don't want to embarrass my guest with all the various um, companies I've worked, but organizational capability was key. And with that capability, it puts you in a place to say, can I execute? Can we execute whatever strategy we're looking for? And to that extent, we always looked at the three Bs. Do we buy? Do we borrow? Or do we build? Building capability always comes internally. When we have to buy capability, it means we are going out to shop for or we can, like they say, we would borrow. Borrow here means that we go to any of our suppliers and say, hey, give us one of your guys to spend about six months while we use the six months to build someone internally in order to execute the agenda. But I'm going to shift yeah. gears with this conversation to a subject that I'm going to bring up. I did talk about leadership. Now, in developing a business strategy, Leadership matters. Leadership mm. is crucial, that some people say. Do you think that, you know, leadership is right, you know, as crucial, or you actually just need leadership to be there for the sake of, ah, there is a big man. But 
talk to me about or uh, talk to us about leadership within the context of developing a business strategy because bear in mind that many SMEs today, it's a brainwave of somebody. He wakes up and says, I want to go into this business. I'm doing that, that. Do they really see leadership as a factor or the seymour of ownership? And so they do not build the necessary skill and the, you know, the ability to run things. So please, you know, let us into that world. Okay. I've mentioned the, you know, uh, I would say factors or elements that will make business strategy um, implementation successful. But in all, all of this, right, like you rightly said, leadership is a very, very important factor. Um, I know you have better experience or experiences when it comes to the kind of leadership that will make, you know, make things work or the kind of, you know, leaders that, you know, using our country, for example, as well, leaders that would, you know, make people put in their best in everything that they do. So whatever strategy strategy you're looking at would ultimately be successful at the end of the day. So for me, leadership is very, very key. Whether you are the owner of the business or you're working for somebody, or you're reporting to a board or whatever it is. Leadership is very key in implementation of business strategy. And I know that the most common uh, leadership style is situational leadership. But when you have participatory leadership, wherein your colleagues have the right to air their views, whether it's a uh, business strategy or a new idea or innovation, whatever it is, towards the promotion of the business and the successful or sustainability of the business, you see that those kind of leaders do so well because you start from the shop floor. You're talking to everybody at every level in that organization. So if you're the owner of a business, it doesn't mean that because you're the owner, you know it all. If you can't hire and put them on full-time, you can get consultants, people that will come in, do a few hours with you, and come up with the best strategies that will help your business grow. And for uh, for a business owner, the onus is on you to continue to learn. You have to continue to learn and know what people are doing and why they are doing better. The fact that you own the business doesn't mean that, you know, even if you're an expert, because some people, for example, have worked in organizations for years, maybe as an accountant or um, maybe as um, the key principal of a, of a factory. For example, you manage a plant or you manage a manufacturing uh, plant. So end to end, you know what happens in that factory. Then tomorrow you want to set up maybe a small business of uh, producing, even if it's pure water or uh, smoothie or whatever it is. And you believe that because you've run that business for five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, I have all the ideas. I know the start to the end. What do you know is what happens in the factory? You don't know what happens in the market. You don't know what happens in finance, Right. You don't yeah. know all the, all the other back ends and the front ends. What you know is what happens in the factory. So the supply chain and all of that, you don't know. So when you're setting up your own business, you need all of these facets of you know the business in order for you to become a success. So if you don't engage people that would help you, that will come up with ideas on how you're going to run about, it's like when I became GM of uh, Leventis Motors, I've never managed... A business where I have to, you know, uh, uh, be in charge of the PNL, 
and uh, directly responsible for uh, close to 500 staff and all of that. But what I did was to get everybody on the team, on the table. We need to be successful. So how do we do it? What are the key things that are important to us? This is the strategy that we worked together on. And that was how we're able to, you know, continue to increase in terms of revenue, gross margin, EBITDA, and all of that. It was because everybody was brought to the table. And you, you drill down to the guys on the shop floor. What are the issues? Do you know what you're doing end to end? Can you tell me what you're doing? What are the processes you go through in order to achieve something? Right? Yeah. Assuming you need to fix a vehicle, a vehicle comes into the workshop. What do you do? Is there a process in place? So they talk to yeah. you. They tell you their day-to-day activities and all of that. And with that, you can build a strategy to say, okay, these are the things that we need to do that at the end of the day would help us achieve what we want to achieve. But you can say that, okay, because you know I've worked in this particular sector, I know what I'm doing. So I, I will know everything end to end. No, the guys that your colleagues that work with you are the ones that would you know shine the light on where the problem mm. areas are, right? And yeah. those are the ones that would guide you. Like I said, you might have all the experience because a particular area, you're an expert, man. But in other areas, you need them to to be able to help. So leadership, if you want to get it right, you have to get the people involved. You can't, you can't sit down in your office and come up with a strategy and determine that this strategy is going to work. No, it doesn't work that way. You need to bring people in to, you know, look at it and be sure that it's something that, you know, will actually be good for your business at the end of the day. Fantastic. And funny enough, you kind of morphed into with the big question I was going to ask you. You you kind of, you know, pivoted into it because I was going to come back to you to say, listen, you know, we talked about you operating in a man's world and... um, how easy has it been as a leader of men to, you know, step in? But you've been able to, you know, just kind of uh, pivot into it and given us some very good insights on as to what people should do and then how you also effectively, you know, manage your team, uh, which I dare say is very gender skewed. And um, that's very interesting. Well, just to our listeners, I know that um, the first half is about to roll out and um, maybe just what we'll do is at this juncture, uh, we'll take a break. And when we return, we'll be talking about uh, moving this whole business strategy forward, looking more at execution. And I'm going to put you on the spot. So let me tell you something. Um, right now, the country is up in all kinds of you know, shifts, especially because of the Naira redesign. I know you have a background in operations, logistics, and more importantly, you know, HR people. When we get back, we're going to talk about that as we see, you know, how has a strategy gone and how has this strategy been able to anchor from your perspective? I know you don't work for the CBN, but I'm just giving you some heads up and also to our listeners so that they will understand that the second half will also be very interesting as we knock off at this moment. Well, friends, we'll be right back. Don't go away. It's Navigate with ID. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends. It's been an interesting 
first off with Navigate with ID. And um, just in case you're just tuning in, uh, could I say that you missed? Yes and no. Well, I have a special guest in the studio today in the person of Benita Delore, who is the general manager for Leventis Motors. And um, uh, it's been a pleasure having her. And I'm going to, you know, go straight into uh, our last conversation. We had to do with leadership. So we're looking at developing business strategy. And pointedly, one of the major conversations that we had was really that in order for you to succeed, a business's strategy needs to be relevant to its employees, to the people, to shareholders and customers. But there are certain things also that you must put in place. And she took us through that journey as regards structure, as regards culture, as regards having the resources, both human, material, and also funds to be able to wield and execute the strategy. The latter part, we went into the leadership conversation that leadership is so crucial. Now, I'm going to pointedly say to you, Benita, and welcome once again. Thank you, Adi. Yes, welcome. Now, you are working in a very gender-skewed sector. It's very important to flag this, and I would really like to know, like you did give some hint, but I'll lead you to tell us how you're able to empower, inspire, and drive your colleagues in a way and manner that they feel accomplished to be deliver and execute the the numbers or the work that they do across the four the business units that you manage for for Leventis in your division. So I think it'll be nice to hear from you, you know, sitting at the top of the food chain and then here you are, a colony of men that are making things happen. Okay. Um, thank you very much, Aidy. Um, first and foremost, like I said, we're human beings, whether male or female. Yeah. And um, the fundamental thing uh, as a human being is to treat people the way you want to be tr- treated. If you want to be respected, you need to respect people. And Correct. the best way to also, you know, um, get people to be at their best is to give them an opportunity to express themselves, right? When you make them feel comfortable and you make them feel that, you know, their opinion counts, you definitely get the best out of them. And it's easier for them to come to you to share information, share ideas, share knowledge on how best the business can move forward. Like I said, the guys at the shop floor would definitely always, always know better. You've been there. So your guys are the field that, you know, mm. maybe sell your products when you were on nine to five. They know they know what's happening out there. So they come back. Underground, yeah. Yeah, they give you ideas of what is happening and all of that. So it's the same thing. So the guys that work with me, I respect as human beings because, you know, whether they're male or female, doesn't matter right now. What matters is their human beings and need to be respected. Their, their voices count. And I let me tell you this joke that, you know, when I joined, right, because okay. um, I have, like I said, close to 98% guys working with me as members of the team. And, you know, majority of this um, group of people are engineers or technicians, by the way. So um, I started with telling them I'm a trainee uh, engineer because my background uh, isn't engineering. 
my background is um, human resources and business. So uh, I didn't have any engineering background. So I told them, yes, uh, I've been driving since uh, I can't remember when now, uh, but they need to teach me uh, what it means to have a truck on the road at least 95 to 98% of the time. So they need to teach me what we need to do to make sure that we have the trucks on the road at this rate that would make our customers and our clients happy wherever they are. And they need to also allow me share my own ideas on how you know we can ensure that our revenues continue to grow with respect to sales of uh, trucks, sales of spare parts, that spare parts, tires, batteries, and all of that. And also share my ideas as uh, a consumer on how I would like to be treated when um, I'm spending my money on an asset that cost me over 20 to 30 million naira. So if you buy a truck from wow. us, how do you expect that person to feel when they come back, you know, to get their vehicles fixed? So those are the things that I put on the table, you know, and everybody started talking on what we needed to do and all of that. They told me where the problems are and all of that. And I also shared my own ideas because, like I said earlier on, I had stints with Deloitte and Tooch in Dubai. So I have an idea of advisory and audit and consulting and all of that. So I shared also, okay, what are the processes that we have in place? Can we look at those processes and see what the gaps are? What are the gaps? So when we see what the gaps are, then we can now look at what are the solutions? What are the low-hanging fruits that we can do immediately? What are the ones that are beyond us? We need to go to our superiors and get you know, the right approvals in order to put them uh, on ground and all of that. So this way of working, you know, made everybody want to bring their best um, to the table because right now everybody felt that, okay, we're in it together. We need to succeed. Um, we need to, you know, make sure that we change things around here uh, to, to, to give that, you know, uh, presence that, yes, this business is sustainable. We need to do it. We, we are not going to go anywhere else to bring in, you know, uh, maybe the expatriates and all of that to come and do it for us. We, that are Nigerians that are born in this country with all the necessary skill sets that we acquired over time, we'll do it and we'll do it well. And that's and that was it. And that was okay. how, that, yeah. how we're able to, to do that. That's that level of involvement that level of having different focus groups to come up with ideas every now and then. And, you know, acknowledging them, I, I never, ever stop acknowledging my team because whatever we have achieved so far is because of them, right? So yeah. So that has been the, the trick. But, you know, the male gender, as, as it is, I must acknowledge that fact. Um, also, you can see a bit of difference when it comes to working with, you know, uh, female bosses and all of that. But I never allowed that to be the case, right? I always present it that I can learn from you and you can also learn from me. And if there are differences, right, we put it out there that, okay, whatever I'm trying to do is for the business, right? It's nothing personal. It's not because you're a guy or anything, no. So once that is out there as well, you know, you see people now change the way they relate with you because they realize that, okay, she's doing this because of the business. It's not because she has anything personal against me or what. So that's, that has been the, you know, the okay. reasons why things were yeah. easier or I was able to achieve uh, so much in a short while. That's great. Now, I know we are talking about business strategy, 
one major aspect that brings the strategy to life is execution. Execution, sure. in between the strategy and execution, you need something that keeps everybody honest and also gives a bird's eye view. I call them management routines. These management routines come in the shape of processes, like you said, and being able to check, having meetings. Um, tell us a bit about how, from your experience and what you do, how do the routines you put in place um, and you're managing over close to 500 people across the country, four different business units, and here you are at the top of you know, the ladder, and what and what, you know, do you do? And if any, something I can learn from, I mean, I'm listening to this program, I want to see what some of those big points are that will help me deliver the execution or the outcome that I'm expecting to be able to drive those revenues and then have a great a great story to tell. Okay. Uh, I cannot answer this question without acknowledging um, some of my superiors, right? I can't say that, oh, I know it all and all of that. The team that I work with or my colleagues have been fantastic, but also my superiors have put in some uh, processes in place that weren't there before now that has changed, you know, the way things have been monitored or supervised and which also has, you know, changed the, the goals that we're able to achieve or, you know, the results that we've, you know, um, gotten in the last couple of years. Okay, we have something we call BPMS, right? This is the group-wide thing that's, you know, uh, that monitors the activities that is done in the different functions of the group or the, or the business. And again, there are group operation meetings that is done on a weekly basis to see what people are doing in different... Like you said, it's pan-Nigeria. People are located or sitting in different parts of the country and you expect them at the end of the day to follow, you know, whatever processes you've put in place that you've jointly agreed to, you expect them to honor those processes and do things in the right manner. But again, there's this thing uh, that is called, I've forgotten the name now, used in marketing, um, um, something shopper, mystery shopper, right? Okay. Yeah, uh, mystery yeah. shopper mystery shopper so sometimes right you also you know act like that mystery shopper to see if things are being done the way they are supposed to because we're humans right we're humans so sometimes people want to you know leave those processes and, and do things in a different way well because they know that you can call them at any point in time to check in on what is being done so if you have a strategy one of the strategy we had when i joined as gm was to move uh, availability, availability of trucks. At that mm. time, we had maybe 75 to 80, 81 or 84 percent. So, and I told the team that we're going to go to 95, right? So what that means is that the trucks are available uh, 95 percent of the time for customers that use our, our trucks for haulage um, uh, services and all of that. So, but in order for you to achieve this, that means... You know, the vehicles have to be properly maintained for the truck to be available 95% of the time, right? Correct. So you have you have the processes, you have, you know, the procedures, you have things that, okay, like preventive maintenance, which is, you know, you need to, at any particular uh, agreed mileage, according to the OEM, 
um, you you need to service those vehicles and all of that. If that is not being done, then you have these vehicles breaking down on the road. So your customer is not happy because the vehicle is not available for them to use for their own activities, right? What do you do to ensure that this is done? So sometimes you visit the locations and you ask on the spot, can I see your records of what you're doing? Like I said, my superiors have also, you know, done a lot of um, changes over time. So majority of of the activities are now technology-driven. So you can check online to see if things are being done the right way and all of that. But again, we have people that sit in to put these things online. So sometimes you still have to visit those locations or visit your plant or visit, you know, to see what people are doing. If the right thing, talk to the the customers as well, talk to the clients as well. So if the strategy is, you know, to make sure that customers get the best of it, maybe a particular service, right? So sometimes you you call up the customers to find out and engage them and find out if they are getting that service, if whatever the strategy is, the guys that are implementing it at the customer end, if they are giving them those those services and all of that. So that will also be like, you know, your own, I think you used the word uh, some time ago in your program where you talked about um, it's armchair, <laughs> I'm chair manager or something. I can't remember the exact terms that you use, but you can't sit in one spot mm. uh, to get everything done. You need to move around. You need, need to, to move. Okay. Yeah, management by walking around. <laughs> management by walking around. So that also is, you know, a very, very key aspect of your job. So you get involved with the customers. You get involved with the staff. If you have um, suppliers or vendors, you get involved with them as well. So you are in touch or you're touching base with each of the stakeholders in this in the cycle. So because at the end of the day, that will determine the success of your strategy. If Fantastic. you've gone to yeah. if you've gone to the, your management team to, you know, talk about a strategy that will work for your division, for example, and you know, they buy in, everybody is happy and they give you the go ahead and they release funds for the implementation of that strategy. And at the end of the day, because of your own inability to make it work or monitor it or, you know, or engage your team to make sure that it happens, if it doesn't succeed, then, you know, you are the one that will be held responsible for responsible. it. Responsible. I think, yeah. you know, yeah, thank you very much, Benita. I think um, you've probably couched this into my very favorite words. You need to inspect what to expect. So inspecting what you expect gives from your um, explanation and um, experience that you've shared brings it home in terms of management routines. I'm going to use this particular frame that you've stepped into, you know, to bring us into the current dilemma we are facing as a nation. So let me take you away from your comfort zone of being a business strategist, the general manager, to walk you into a space that actually is going to demand some of that experience that you have. And it's nothing other than the current fiasco that the Naira redesign or the Naira swap has brought to us. Given your experience in logistics, in operations, and more importantly, HR, which is people-driven. So you have business and people. Now, the routines and everything you've 
filtered out for us. I know you do not work for the central bank, but it'd be nice as a business leader to get your perspective on what you think may have gone sour or gone wrong. As a business strategy, the Naira design sits at the top of the ladder, but execution has almost brought the nation to its knees. I'd like to get your perspective on what you think, you know, could be wrong and what may have not happened or how they should go forward, you know, in redeeming uh, where we currently find ourselves as a nation. Okay. Um, thank you very much. I think you also uh, talked about this. Um, was it on Tuesday or last week? I can't remember the exact time. Yeah, I it was Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, I listened briefly. Uh, oh, um, yeah, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I listened briefly, but other activities work. I couldn't um, continue. Okay. Um, first and foremost, um, if um, the CBN or the government really, really see us as, you know, um, customers, right? Because your printing is like a service. You're providing a service to customers. And if that is the ultimate of what you intended to do, if the ultimate aim is to satisfy your customers and create value for them, right? Then there will be the reason or there will be the first contact for what you want to do. I don't know if ever there was any focus group that had different levels of people talking about this um, currency redesign. Redesign. Yes. So if there was a focus group at different levels, when I mean different levels now, I'm not even talking about just the educated or uh, literate Nigerians. I'm talking about the vulcanizer on the road, the market woman, uh, the bus conductor. Then you can now think about everybody that has a bank account. Because the assumption is, first and foremost, that everybody has a bank account and has an ATM card and has an Android phone that you can do transfers with. That's the first assumption. It goes back to what I said about sitting down, arms chair management. When you sit in your office and take decisions, this is exactly what happens. It blows up in your face because you haven't gone down to the mm. shop floor. Find out what is really going on on the shop floor before you yeah. take those decisions. So if CBN or the government of Nigeria had you know, taken the trouble of having these focus groups and asking if everybody go down to the villages, like you said, go down to the villages to find out what is the percentage of Nigerians that have uh, accounts? What is the percentage of Nigerians that have Android phone that can do transfers on the go? What is the percentage of Nigerians that have ATM cards that can do use POS and all of that? If there was such data, right? Then you can now say, okay, this is uh, doable or is not, right? So you did not get your customers involved in your decision-making. In your strategy to change the currency, your customers were not involved in that decision-making. Again, I don't know if your staff were involved in that decision-making mm. as well. So if your staff is involved in that decision-making, I don't know. But I know for a fact, from what we've seen so far, I, I, I learned that Zenith Bank is shutting down all of their branches because they're scared for their staff, right? So your customers are not aware. 
then go back to the resources that you have. Do you have the funds and the required resources to print enough currency to go around to meet the needs of these people that don't have Android phone, that don't even have um, the data? They don't use data. There are Nigerians that don't use data. There's something called uh, that small phone, Palasa phone. Mm. Majority still use that kind of phones. That yeah, they expect them to use um, USSD star one 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 star. So yeah, the Palasa phones but, will. But to your point, do you have a sense of you know how many people have Palasa? How many have smartphones? And what are your other stakeholders like the banks? You know, is the point you're you're putting up. Yeah, are yes. they involved? Are they involved in this decision? Then another thing, like I said, is your resources. Do you have the resources to print the currency in such a way that people would have access to it? Do you have that kind of resources? Because I mean, they gave like a month notice or two months notice that oh, no, they gave three be- months. Three months notice, uh-huh. yeah. that there's going to be uh, new currencies and all of that. Um, what plans were put in place to ensure that these currencies will be available to people and gradually we totally move to a cashless uh, society? Mm. What, plans, mm-hmm. what plans were put in place for a society like ours that is cash-driven? You can't take out the, it's like, you know, is taking oxygen from somebody that is not healthy yet and you just cut it off. You want to kill the person, right? So there should have been like uh, plans to phase out, do certain things in phases. It's either you keep the old notes and the new notes and they work together and over a period of time, you cut off the old notes and, you know, you have just the new notes. There should have been plans in phases that will help, you know, uh, this activity. The execution. Yes, well, the execution. Well, but I don't thank think you. That, yeah. I don't think that was the case. There wasn't deep understanding of customers' need in terms of uh, distribution and manufacturing of, you know, uh, the notes, the ideal processes and, you know, uh, um, situation, ideal situation, they just decided that, okay, this is what we're doing and, and we'll go ahead and do it. There was no processes, there was no plans, there was nothing. That is what <laughs> I feel. They might disagree on this, that, that, oh, we had plans of this, we had plans of that. and that But is execution what... shows that it probably was not there. You know, what I think also, thank you very much. I, I know that we will need to round off very shortly. Let me put a voice to what you've said. And um, one of the things I know, I don't know if you kind of picked it up on, on Tuesday, and um, I said, listen, it's very easy to segment the market. You have different nodes. There's the 100, there's the 50, there's the 20, and there's the 10. You can disburse and let the hundreds down, be able to serve the purposes through the ATM machines, and then let people that would naturally, the majority of the, the Nigerians who have no access, the guys are rioting, are not the middle class up. It's the guys that are bottom of the pyramid. And a man earns 2,000 naira a day. And you want to give him 1,000 naira notes, two notes. The man will come outside and say, Emma, by me. By the time he changes it, the thing is gone, fiam. And then he gets home, he says, puts his hand on his head. But he's used to handling lower denominations. 
Why didn't they pump out those lower denominations? Talking about solutions, that's one of the things they need to do going forward. And then they could put a mark and say 50,000 and above banking hall. The rest of this below 50,000 or 30,000 ATM. You go through POS between 30 and 50, go to POS next door. And then you manage the distribution. And in doing so, you then know that this top currencies, 1,500, 200, are the things you serve, guys, inside. How many Nigerians withdraw 50,000 at a time? What is the essence of a VVN? So I can't leave bank one and move to bank two. The minute you are the banking system at the end of the day, you've withdrawn the 50,000, assuming it is for a day, you can't go to bank two because it's noted that you've collected X amount. And by the way, if it's the old notes, you can collect as many as much as you want, and you can collect as many notes as you want. But I guess this is just uh, one of those things. But I guess um, we'll find a way around it. But I just threw that in because of what you had talked about, strategy, execution, leadership, inspecting what you expect. And I know that I probably set you up by bringing the Naira redesign, which is of your normal um, motors, trucks, spare parts, you, the, the entire process worked. Uh, you still got a hang of it all the same. I want to say thank you. So, time is not our friend. We've come very close to the very end of the program. I don't know if you, in 15 seconds, you have a parting shot for our listeners, and then thereafter we can bring it to a close. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay. Just what you said, the distribution strategy was faulty. Right, and their strategy from the beginning, I think, was faulty as well. And this, this, I believe, you know, would be a big eye opener for everybody out there that runs a business. Your your strategy mm-hmm. might you might have good intentions. Good on paper. Yes, it might it might have good in, in, intentions, but at the end of the day, if the processes that you applied, and you know the execution and all of that is not um, properly uh, detailed, right? And you have the right people, you have the right resources to make it happen. Then your your case will be like that of uh, the Nigerian. <laughs> the Narari Dan. Yes. Oh, so, well, so that's that's just what I have become, to say. Yeah, we'll take it as a prayer point. May my case and your case not be like the Narari design, and everybody will say Amen. On this amen. note, thank you very much, Benita, for coming on Navigate with ID. It's such a pleasure and honor to have you. I'm sure sometime in the near future, if your your very busy schedule permits, um, this is your first, we probably will have you someday, sometime. This time around, uh, we'll be looking at other aspects that you may be able to chime in and share your experience. Well, friends, um, it's such a great honor and privilege as always. We'll be back, same time, same station. I know that you are going through a lot, but guess what? Sometimes, like my friend Lagbaja will say, Kulu, Kulu, Temper. Thank you so much for listening and goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.